Like we never think like, let me let me get you know, this beer would win a gold medal yeah. for me. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. So like, nobody cares about your medals. Figure out who you are and give people something to connect to, and then do that really well. Make sure you're having something outside of your beer, outside of the beer, that tells people, like, this is my happy place. Hey everyone, welcome back to Step Into the Sandbox. Today's guest is Marco Leite Vidal. He's the owner of Unseen Creatures Brewing and Blending, uh, which actually opened up here in Miami in early 2020. So he has an interesting story to tell about uh, launching a brewery during a pandemic, as well as his background in being a lawyer and transitioning into starting a brewery. So uh, we touched a little bit upon that journey and some of his influences in music and art. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Special thanks to uh, Maxwell Brothers Clothing Company, which actually is not a clothing store. It's a pizzeria and brew pub. So it's located all the way down here in Palmetto Bay. Uh, and we'd like to thank uh, John Falco and the people behind it for letting us host the podcast here. We always like to start this off with an icebreaker question. Okay. So the first one I like to start off with is just like, what would you have for breakfast? Okay. A banana, I think. Yes, a banana. Very much like this microphone. Today I'm just all about these very, you know. <laughs> Mini bananas or longer bananas? <laughs> um, yeah, I actually didn't have breakfast today. I just had like cafe con leche and that's it. So that was like, that was like breakfast until now this beer apparently. So well, I'm, I'm trying to be healthy. So I, uh, I'm working out now in the mornings. Nice. To counterbalance all the stress of everything. And... Uh, so like I'm at 5.30 in the morning, it's like, I got to eat something or I'm going to vomit while I'm at working out because yeah. of my stomach acid and all that stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I drink a glass of water and a banana usually. Cool, yeah. It's very exciting. I know this is exactly what you wanted to talk about. Yeah. No, no, no. It's just, it's definitely get the juices flowing. Uh, another <laughs> one that I thought about that the other night, I'm like, an interesting thought was there's usually a lot of people wake up and the first thing they do is they might open their phone or at least they get to their yeah. phone relatively early in the day. Yeah. So like, what are those first three apps that you open up when Ugh. the second you grab your phone? Because clearly this. it takes up a lot of time and it's like... I, I was like, I don't, I never thought like somebody would ask me this, but I hate that you're asking me this because it's kind of, it makes you feel like really dumb. It's, but I, yeah, it's crazy how... But I always go to Instagram. Yeah. Like a loser. But okay, so you go to Instagram, right? You spend whatever I amount made of time. Something up. I go yeah. like. But are there any other Britannica apps also? Because app I I feel like people have like a repertoire. It's like usually a, a they cycle through basically a handful of apps. On yeah. Their, you have like tens and tens of apps. Yeah. Or you know, some people have close to hundreds of apps, and you only use no. like what's on the front screen. Or I don't like clutter on the yeah. phone, so I try and keep them to a minimum. But I'll go to like you know, I'll make sure nothing blew up. I still have my day job too alongside the brewery. Okay. So I make sure nothing blew up at work. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll check Instagram because it's like mindless, just kind of like, yep. I, we're probably all addicted to it at this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I'll, I'll check uh, brewery email too. Okay. It's just so, basically email and, email and Instagram. Scroll through Instagram until I realize yeah. this is not the first thing I should be doing in the morning. Yeah. And I stop. Yeah. I yeah. force myself to <laughs> yeah. because of fear of questions like this. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's almost undeniable that like the you know the attachment to the phones. I forgot what study it was. It's like throughout most of the day you have your phone within arm's reach like ninety Always. to ninety percent of the time. And I got it on my fucking wa- my yeah. watch. Yeah, that's one of the. Re- I mean, I, I see the benefits of having a watch, but it's just like I haven't made that leap. But it just seems like yeah. Devices I, are, I justified yeah. this to myself like I don't have to have my phone. Mm-hmm. It's limited, right? So like, if my wife needs to reach me. Or I get like I can get email if I need to answer something. I can like you know do it from there. I yeah. can do it if I need to, but I don't have the screen in my True, face. True, it's it's a more limited interface. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And yeah I, I put agree the ear pods in yeah. if I want, and I can like I just this thing. We are addicted to this. Oh yeah, I mean I don't want to admit it. I think it's it's just dependence because of the lack of structure there's been around it, right? Like it, we just got like access to all these things and information, yeah. and and it's just like well. There is no guideline. There is no um, yeah, rule but around it. I also think it's like a little, you know, I've read something about it too, and I agree with it, that there's like an adrenaline hit when you see a like on something that you posted mm-hmm. or like you see something that you like. Yep. And you scroll through these tiny little boxes, and it's like you're seeing a million things you like. Mm-hmm. So it's every, it's like a pop of adrenaline every time. Makes sense. Yep. Um, and I, you know, there's definitely, I mean, why do we spend all the time and effort we do on labels of beer? It's the same exact thing. Like when you somebody sees it, you want them to go, like something to snap, like yep. hit, yep. Um, and that's what they're doing to us. Like they're in our heads, yeah, doing that to us. It's it's, it's, it's pretty wild. It's it's definitely a social experiment, and I think that you know it's we're dangerous. just starting to see, you know, the beginning effects of it. So it's probably another decade or two before. We yeah, I, I I'm like worried to see what my kids are dealing with with that. because like, yeah. I I mean I'm still pretty like. My wife will listen to this and, and, and shake her head no, but I'm pretty I'm still pretty old school when it comes to stuff like that. I, I like I prefer a pad and a pen over like writing notes in my phone and mm-hmm. um but then it's just you get clutter and stuff, so I'm trying to train myself to use a phone, but there I go, grabbing the phone again. Yep. And yep. so I and for me I kinda like bounce between like I obviously like writing things out just to like disconnect from it and mm-hmm. go analog, but there's the undeniable fact like there are things you're going to access from your phone or your laptop and devices yeah but yeah but like going back to your point about you're a little bit more old school maybe you can talk a little bit about your background and your and how you grew up um i don't know are you originally from miami or you know what's your backstory so that people can know yeah i mean i was born in gainesville florida um my dad was in dental school there at the time so i think i was like two when we left but i always like to say that because i love gainesville yeah. Um, grew up most of my life in Miami, a little stint in like Central Florida. Yep. Uh, went to school in Gainesville and then came back to Miami. So I'm really just Miami my whole life. You know, uh, I like Miami. I don't necessarily know that I associate. I don't like. I don't. I don't necessarily associate. Very like. Uh, I have a weird relationship with where I where I grew up and lived. Yeah. Like I, I think you see it if you walk into the brewery. It's it's not like Miami. I had some of our partners that are. Miami and they're like can we put neon lights under here and do this and that and I'm like that's not who I, I am you yeah. know um, I'm not saying that Miami is all neon lights and everything but I get you cliches you know, you know what I mean like it's yeah. a little yeah it's a little bit of that so um, I don't know where I'm I, I yeah I'm from Miami but I don't know like I don't I don't, I don't know if it, I don't know if it had to have shaped me in some way or form but yeah. I don't know where 
Yeah. You don't know what, what amount of the pie it takes, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know where anything else would come from because I've been yeah. here my whole life. But Yeah. I mean, so looking, I feel like interfacing with media of, of other places, traveling, like those kinds of things always influence. So I, I think we'll get into that whole thing of like influences and how it, you know, translates to the brewery and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Uh, but Did it, I answer the last question? It, yeah, it was just basically your backstory. Like I was going to get into what, you know, it, maybe your family background. Or oh, I can own. do that. Yeah. 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 So like my... Uh, my, you know, my, my wife's parents, my parents are all Cuban, mm-hmm. you know, came around the time, you know, a lot of people like me's parents came they were either just about to be born, born like a year prior to Castro coming in mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, you know, parents came over and like had them here like right away. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my mom, my dad's family, like, you know, did the whole Mexico thing and came over, mm-hmm. um, and my dad's family was like super like in Cuba was like super well known uh, for a whole like, like military stuff. And, wow. Like, all this. Anyways, they were was a, apparently I, I learned this as I came back and started practicing law here. When I would get some of the older Cubans to come into my office and talk to me, like I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and like my my wife's grandfather was part of like the CIA group hunting down Che and all that stuff. Wow. Like, yeah, like you know, like a really kind of vibrant Cuban counter-revolutionary history it's certainly alive and well inside of us yeah um prior to that i haven't i haven't actually sat down and written it down but like i know that my wife's got great-grandparents and i've got great-grandparents from spain okay and some from cuba so it's like you know the very the typical 35 36 year old miami story i would say yeah. to, to a certain degree um but yeah I went, like i was saying i went to gainesville for you for for school and then i came back home i went to law school at FIU and um, you know started practicing law started home brewing um, yeah met Around my wife what time did you pick up home brewing uh, I'd say it's, it's probably like 11 12 years now that I've been brewing yeah it just started I, just, I would just brew Sierra Nevada pale ale clones all day long <laughs> um, very exciting stuff but we actually like side note we bought a keg of Sierra Nevada for the brewery because I was like yeah I finally opened. I'm putting my my influence on, <laughs> and nobody drank it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like it, it, my brewer ended up drinking the entire keg himself. <laughs> like you're welcome. Yeah. That's um, funny. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just started brewing, and then I started that blog that I was telling you about before we started talking. I was like, you know, uh, interviewing a bunch of brewers and stuff. Became friends with these guys, and started sharing beer with people, mm-hmm. and they would start saying like, "This is really good." Like people who are pretty tough critics. I've seen them be very tough critics. Yeah. Um, tell me this is really good stuff and then it's just planted the seed in my head that I wanted to to do this um, so started shifting gears a little bit and ended up with uh, here yeah. we go a year in that's awesome so when yeah. when do you so obviously you were doing the home brewing thing and it translated into the point where you, you're doing the blog and then what what was the switch that you're like I'm gonna make my own brewery went like was there <coughs> yeah. a, a year where you were like, this is where, yeah, I think I'm going to, I'm going to move forward with this idea. Yeah. I don't, I think it was like, so all my life I've, I've played music. I've taught myself in all the instruments I've played and everything. And, and like, even as like a middle school kid, like we had bands and stuff and we didn't want to play covers. We wanted to write our own music. So even for like an early age, I always wanted to kind of like express something. I don't know. You know, it's like I always have to, I always want to tell a story. 
like cover bands are fun. There's nothing wrong with cover bands, but I just never wanted to be like a cover band. I yeah. wanted to like always have a perspective, even as a kid. I remember that. And like I always wanted to write lyrics. And I would get very offended when somebody would say, can I write the lyrics on this song? I was like, no, I'm the singer. When you're the singer, you can write the lyrics. So I'm not going <laughs> to sing your story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so anyway, so like through college we had bands and stuff, and then that just stopped when I went to law school. I got too busy. And I started homebrewing. Like I said, I would brew Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, and then I started realizing, like, this is, I'm going to cover band. And again, I'm enjoying drinking this beer. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. It's practicing. I'm practicing it. I'm getting good at it. I'm enjoying it. Like, other people are enjoying it. But I never wanted to be that guy. I wanted to have my own thing to tell. So then I started like playing with that clone and how do I want to make this beer my beer? And it turned into the different, no, a, a beer that we serve at the brewery called Pursuance, which is our house IPA. It looks nothing and tastes nothing like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, but it uses like similar hops, I guess. Um, and then it just started, started like, once I realized, and I guess the light, the at that point, the light went off in my head that like beer is the perfect medium for expression because you hit every sense with it like every sense sound smell touch taste what's the other one sound smell touch taste what is it though it's it's seeing right like seeing the, it the, that's the it. actual color that's and then yeah as i stare at the beer i can't remember the last <laughs> one it's all good yeah so i, I started i mean I, once once i made that connection then i got like really like this is going to be this is going to be a way that i can express myself without like mm-hmm. having the um, like the need to be in another relationship with four other dudes that are all moody and want <laughs> and want to play a different chord than I want them to play or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's my thing. So I don't know. I started viewing it as like my way to express things, and that's what cool. clicked. And then once I started doing that, I guess people started connecting to it more, and I started getting momentum. And I'm like, I could do this. Got so it. So we started doing it. So around what time? Like, was there, like, a range of – because, like, it, it's always hard to pinpoint, like, a specific year because sometimes you're, like, you're, like, you know, one year you kind of get that idea in yeah. motion and then it takes a year or two for you to actually – Yeah. I mean, I think I had brought it up to my wife, like, four or five years into brewing, which is not very long. Okay. But uh, I, I think I would brought it up to her and she was really on the fence. And I was, like, I'm not going to push this anymore. And then she started seeing, like, some of the feedback I would get and – um, like we did, we we like made a logo and people and she's like okay I guess I can see this now you know like mm-hmm. we did an event at Union one of the first times we poured beer outside of like a festival it was like our own event and by the time like when I showed up there was already like a line formed to the back of the wow. of the bar and I think that like that having that early on was like a huge uh, momentum boost mm-hmm. for both of us like we got to do this this is cool yeah like, we're gonna we're gonna be able to do it awesome um, but um, it's a lot harder than <laughs> of course and, yeah. and also making i think one thing that i noted there was like you you obviously are making like this creative leap from something that's a little bit more structured like the legal field to something that's a little bit more unstructured even though there's an industry around it but like craft beer in terms of, there's a lot yeah. more art i guess yeah. in that sense of how you craft these products yeah yeah it's funny i take a lot from like uh like legal thinking and training and take it, it just in the way we approach creation at the brewery like mm-hmm. you know because like i was a litigator so 
I was basically paid by people to tell a story and to craft it in a way that looked the best mm-hmm. and craft it in a way that like got other people to say, yeah, I agree with him mm-hmm. or her or whatever, you know? And now I'm a, now I'm a lobbyist. So now I do the same exact thing, maybe even to the 10th degree. Yeah. <clears throat> and so that's always kind of how we, that's always how I wanted to approach the beer too. I think my mind just goes to that. It's like, this is not just what's in a glass. People are people can get a beer anywhere. It's like how do you create this whole environment and thing around that mm-hmm. that you know gets people just as excited about what you're putting in the glass as you're excited about it. And that's like so it so yeah it gave it gave me like an outlet, but it, I take a lot of the stuff from my you know what's probably a more linear life and put it into here. Is, is there anything about the industry that about the craft beer industry that you love or that you hate and you want to get off your chest? <laughs> There's a lot of stuff I love about it. The people, I miss like everybody so dearly. Uh, we were fortunate enough to get invited to a lot of really cool events by a lot of really cool breweries that I like admire and respect. Um, and they're friends of mine. And I would, so like because of that, I would get to go see them. You know, Every month I'd see some, some of my friends at a festival or something. And I love that. There's a lot of camaraderie. I mean, you know, we get people telling us how exactly like how they brew their beers and like, oh, hey, there's something in your beer that like could be better if you do this. Like what other industries like that? Like yeah. Falco yeah. and we're sitting in his place right now. Like what other industry mm-hmm. does a competitor say, yeah, come do an interview at my place. Come advertise yourself in my you know, place. Yeah. There is none. I mean, when we were opening too, like Luis from Winwood sat down, looked at all of our books, tore them apart, wow. put them back together. Falco was at my house till midnight several nights just like drinking whiskey and helping me figure out how to get through the county or the, you know or the you mm. know all that stuff. It, the people are amazing. Um, I love the fact again that it's like the it is somewhat like the wild west right now where you can do whatever you want and people are doing crazy shit. And you, you can, you're free to do that. I also hate that to a certain degree. I don't hate it. I, I hate that it's turned somewhat like it's just a gimmick at, at a certain extent. Like at a certain point, it becomes too gimmicky. Yep. You lose focus on like on things. But but then I don't hate it. it I, I have a love-hate with that idea. Yeah. Because, you know, what, who am I to say like you shouldn't do that? I get you. You know, uh, but... It, it just makes it the reason I hate it is because it makes people who don't want to just try, constantly hit like an extreme or throw a bunch of like fruity pebbles into their beer. Um, it makes like people like me that do that, that don't do that, have to explain why we don't. Mm. Okay, I get you. Because there's enough people that do it. And that's what drives me nuts a little bit. Not the fact that they're doing it, like more power to you, do it all you want. I think I never thought about that until I just said that. Yeah. So thank you for helping me articulate that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it's always interesting when there's like a an industry standard or a trend that like captures enough people to think that that's like the way things should be. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you know you might have been doing this way before, it, you yeah. know there's no really correlation. But just as a consumer coming into it, they might think like this is the way things are. Why aren't you doing it that way? Yeah. And and that to me is always like the market constantly changes. So like educating people is like you just got to get yeah. better at it, or you got to find a, a way to. To keep yeah. adapting and making sure yeah. that you keep that um, yeah. that distinction. Yeah, I mean, we have to educate people on our beer, right? Like some of our beer is a little more expensive. Like people just lump in all sour beer; it's just sour beer. And like the beer we're drinking now is kind of tart and everything. Mm-hmm. 
but we do sour beer, but they're barrel-fermented sour beers. You know, they could be a little more pricey. They sit in a barrel for a year and a half. They take up all the space in my brewery. They get tons of fruit addition and re-ferment on the fruit. Yep. Then they re-ferment in the bottle, and it takes forever to get the beer out, and it's like one little step can ruin the thing. And I think, how many IPAs could I have turned in the same amount of time it took me to put that bottle out, you know? Like, oh. Yep. Um, but, like, the, you know, there's there's so many, I guess what I'm trying to I don't know, there's so many pros and cons to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's a little frustrating for me because I don't do that stuff and there's a sort of an expectation if you're a craft brewery you're going to do that stuff um, now but then and I sit back and I go like that's just because I set a rule on my on my own for myself that I wasn't going to mm-hmm. but you know why do I care yeah I don't I have a lot of friends that do it and yeah. the, I drink them and I'm like I look at them like I remember, I'm not going to mention the brewery, but one of my buddies is like, hey, come here, try this. And I was out in another city. I was like, what is it? He's like, I really hate that I'm pouring you this. And he put like a bunch of like gummy fruits into a beer. He's like, I really hate it. And he goes, but it tastes so good. And I started, drink- <laughs> and I started drinking it. And I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, I hate that I want another one of these. <laughs> you know? So then, I, then here I am saying I hate it, but I don't. Yeah. I just hate that I have to explain why I don't. Yeah. No, it's, it's constantly changing and it's just an interesting thing to... Yeah. To kind of see where the market goes or like what, you know, our flavor profiles are just like kind of gone to these new extremes. extremes. Like we've never had these kind of flavors uh, brewed in, in like a certain, you know, drink style. Like there's yeah. so much going on in yeah. the drinks industry. It's really, it's yeah. fascinating when you look at it that way. It's but, awesome. But it is, is, I can see how it could be frustrating. It's frustrating for me. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. frustrating for me. I mean, like we pick styles to brew. It's just, I brew what I like to drink. And it's not that I don't like the flavor of those, but I can't I can't sit down and drink like pints of them. Yep. And that's the way I drink. Like when people come over, or we used to do like bottle shares and stuff. People would just pour like two or three ounces, and I was just like, I don't want, I don't like this. I want to enjoy a beer, the whole beer yeah. and maybe another beer, and then be done. I don't I don't I ne- I never really liked the whole like give me fifty pours of something. Yep. And so like we brew styles that like we brew a lot of IPA, we brew lager, we brew farmhouse beer. Like stuff that's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. that it lends itself to drinkability. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't want to have to chase trends, or feel like pressure to chase trends. If I wanted to do that, I would have never opened this because, like I said in the beginning, I opened this to express myself, and I'm not going to just chase something else to exp- like. I'm going to do me. Yeah. Like, so I think on that note, getting into the influences of a the style of beers that you brew. And then we can get into the inception of the brand, you yeah. know, like what came up with the name, yeah. the look and feel and all that stuff. But like really starting like, you know, you talk about music as your background, part of your background. Obviously, from looking at the labels, there has to be some art and storytelling background that you have influences from. Are there any examples that you could yeah. give us? Yeah. I mean, like, I guess how do I answer this question? There's certainly breweries that are inspirational. Um, I didn't. Like, I would say, like, early on, Sierra Nevada, just because everything they did was, like, perfect. Firestone Walker, everything they do is perfect. Um, for a farmhouse beer, like, Cantillon, Jester King, late after, like, after my first sort of, for, like, you know, into American farmhouse beer, like, Black Project and Side Project and some of these other breweries. But you kind of you hit, hit something that a lot of people don't, but... We, I never really go into a beer thinking about another brewery, ever, ever. Yeah. 
Like we may say like, hey, I had this beer from this brewery or that beer seems really cool. And one day and be like, you know, we might come up with our own version of something because we like the flavor profile or the mouthfeel or something. But I never like sit there and go, I want to be just like other half or I want to be just like what, no, down the street, Lincoln's down the street from us or whatever. You know, it's more like I'm really more inspired by like music, probably more than anybody, Miles Davis. Okay. Uh, and his approach to creation. One of the biggest things I learned from him that I think you'll see, and like it's, just, I think this beer, this is why I chose to bring this beer, kind of shows that is, you know, like when you listen to Miles' music, yeah, like he was never like the fastest trumpet player. He was never like the showiest trumpet player. I mean, he dressed, he was a showiest like dresser and drove those nice cars and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what I mean is like he was never just trying to show you how good he was. It was all about like what fit in the right places. And there was times where it was like, he just doesn't play until like, you know, like seconds go by and then here comes Miles and it's just one note again. Um, and there's like, I, to me, there's like, a, there was so much beauty in that and it hit me because, you know, I, one of the other guys I love is John Coltrane, sort of for the opposite reason. You know, I came up with this thing in my head is like, make the silence count. Okay. And so like little, you know, like, I don't know, I just learned a lot of lessons from jazz musicians mm-hmm. and then we best. apply that to our beer. Yep. Um, like Coltrane, like I said, the opposite end of the spectrum. Coltrane was like, you know, he's your standard sort of stand. I say standard. He's one of the greatest musicians to ever live. But he played like a more straightforward jazz. And all of a sudden he started playing this crazy off the wall, spiritual free jazz. And rooms would go packed. And halfway through the set, half the people are walking out like, I can't take this anymore. Because there's 50 freaking crazy notes out of nowhere. And he's all over the place. But it was like him reaching out to God and telling the story. And he didn't care that people were leaving. Like yeah. he kept doing exactly that and more. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. So when I think to myself, could I do this beer or do it this way to make some money to like keep the room full? <laughs> yeah. But then I always go back to like, this is the greatest saxophone player to ever live. And he had people walking out of his show and didn't care. Yeah. So I'm going to keep doing what like, yeah, focus on you. Yeah. So, like, they, that, like, a huge inspiration of how we do our beer. Like, stuff like that. Yeah. And I think an interesting note, especially when we talk to clients uh, when it comes to branding, is there's a certain point where you either stand for something or, you know, you stand for nothing at it's all. Everything. And, and, and it's, so you have, if you really want to stake, you know, a flag in the ground and really distinguish your brand, there is going to be a point where, you're not for everyone and you're going to turn some people away and yeah. you have to be willing for people to walk yeah. out on your show because they don't think that it's, you know, that's their it. taste. And that's, that's fine. It. I think that there's a mark. If we've seen there's, there's so, so much nuance and, and, and like subcategories of, of things and people that you can go after that it's not, I don't think that it's, it's all or nothing. You know, I think that you can find your niche and you can find your audience and you, you, you just yeah. keep doing what you do. And for me, there's no fun and there's no fun in chasing other people. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, what do you get, what, and what do you get when you get there? Yep. You're like, okay, so let's say, you know, right now one of the top IPA people in the, in the world is say it's other half. So I'm going to model myself after other half. I'm going to chase other half. I'm going to do what other half does. They put out this beer. I'm going to do something really similar and call it something different, but it's like, it's always guided to, I'm going to change my labels to look like other half because they're so cool. They are really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, but and then I get there, and what am I? I'm other half 2.0. Yeah, I'm yeah. never other half, ever. Yeah. I'm other half 
Like, I didn't start this to be somebody's 2.0. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just us. It's yep. me. It's me. And that's the difficult part is a little bit sometimes because it's like, sometimes it's a little, like, sometimes the names of the beers or whatever hit a little close to home. Okay. Um, I've heard it. <laughs> heard it. My wife's like, why'd you name it that? And I was like, it's real. It's like what I'm going through. Yeah. Um, but, if, like, what's the purpose if you're not doing that? Yeah. And then, yeah. like, what do people grab onto? Oh, there's another brewery that's doing the exact same thing as the 15 other breweries doing it with a 40 mile radius. I don't uh, care if people hate some of my beer. Yeah, and I think that that's the right approach to take. It's what distinguishes you. Um, and and I think, obviously, most people might not watch the video side of it, but the label has this really intricate uh, details like artwork. I, I don't know how to explain the the direction or like if there's a certain artist that you, yeah. you kind of modeled after, but like what, what were the inspirations behind? I, I, I can tell that there's a lot of like symbolism behind uh, certain animals. You use like the owl a lot, the bear. Yeah. I've seen the fox before and stuff. Moose. Like uh, yeah. it, it seems, I guess the only way that I kind of get the, 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 the kind of, direction you're going for has a lot to do with like the deep woods like wilderness and then it's also layered with a little bit of like a a dark seriousness maybe like a little bit of melancholy that's just like from a distance i don't know if mm-hmm. those are like influences that yeah. came in through the art or like what what's the like, as a kid i loved batman like i hated superman i could yeah. never get into superman it was too bright yeah i don't know that's what's weird for a kid right like no, be seven years old and be like this guy's too happy <laughs> that's weird yeah but like I was, I was a Batman guy. Uh, I liked Wolverine. Hmm. I liked Gambit. Yep. I Love loved Gambit. Spawn. Yeah. I loved all the fucked up people. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Like I'm not like that. I was, I was always very cheery and everything. But like for some reason, I connect with these characters yeah. always, and it kind of shines through. Like, uh, I think, I think like there's, I mean, you look at comedians, and comedians talk about this all the time. They're making us laugh, but there's always like a subtle darkness to them. And that's why they make us laugh because they can connect to you because they know what you're thinking. Like they know how you're feeling and they're the only ones like willing to think about it enough to figure out how to make it funny. Yeah. I think Dave Chappelle does a great job of that. Yeah. Chappelle, uh, Greg Giraldo, he's no longer around, but like he was incredible at that. Um, Yeah. I mean, all the greats, like there's always an, an underpinning of like there's something I'm, I'm talking about myself when I make these messed up jokes a little bit, but I'm going to say it in a way where it's like, you can feel free to laugh at yourself through it. Yeah. Like to act like we're perfect. Isn't it? I think that's what the problem was with Superman. I'm happy we did this interview. Right. I'm connecting the dots. I think that's my problem with Superman. <laughs> Nobody's ever great all yeah, the time. Yeah. Like nobody looks great all the time and runs into a telephone booth and comes out. His hair's perfect. And there's a fucking curly cue in the middle of his fort. Like yeah. nobody's like that. Except for you. You look pretty good all the time. <laughs> Um, have you watched the the boys on Amazon Prime? No, like everyone's telling me to watch it. Yeah, I think you'll like it just because of that kind of yeah. narrative. Where it's like yeah. they're like the anti heroes. They're yeah. heroes, but they're really yeah. <laughs> like I I still read comics, but I read like Image Comics because it's always like that same sort of thing. Yeah. Like there's like anti heroes. Yeah. They're not they're not superheroes. I bought some comics the other day to try and get back into the superhero thing or try and get into it, and I just yeah. couldn't. I read them and I was like, not buying anymore. I mean, this looks good. Yeah. The author is great. I just can't connect to it. Yeah. I get you. It's just fake. Yeah. It's, yep. you can tell it's fake. And I, you know, like that's why I've never like gotten into the Marvel universe. I don't know mm-hmm. why I'm talking about Marvel so much. Yeah. The point is like, I, I don't know. I think the darkness comes in because 
I sort I you know when I go into this I sort of like allow myself to be real about it and mm-hmm. I think if most people are real about things there is a little there's always going to be a little bit of that maybe we go a little further but you know we we opened two and a half months before COVID started mm-hmm. and like we dealt with we and still are dealing with a lot and, uh, of stuff and stress and like mm-hmm. both my wife and I still have our regular jobs on top of this so it's like late hours to get this stuff done and uh, so, like that, that's caused like a lot of like. Yep. I was telling you guys before we started, like a major hypochondriac. I was never really like that. Yeah. Like that was all within the last year or two. I think, like my doctor's basically just telling me like you're just too stressed at all times, mm. and it's just your body's like reaction to it. But I can't do anything about it. I know it's. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's why some of these things like you know, breaking through is sort of tongue in cheek. It's like breaking through 2020. It was mm-hmm. our first, you know, IPA of the 2021, and it's got this out like our owl breaking through a skull. Yeah, you know, and it's still, but it's still kind of tied in. Yep. If you notice, like the ropes are still kind of around it. So, like, yep. you know, we're breaking through 2020, but it's 2022.0. Mm-hmm. Like nothing's really changed. Yeah, not yet. I feel like for me, I didn't. I almost like didn't realize or I almost like let it set in that it was 2021, like halfway through January, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, literally like a week ago. It feels like oh, April. It, yeah. It, it feels, re- I think last year kind of <laughs> threw everyone's like time frame and like understanding of time yeah. a little bit off because uh, just because it threw off the routines. I think that there's a certain level of like habit and routine that mm-hmm. we like latching onto. Yeah. And then like when that changes, like it kind of throws off your entire flow, it throws off your whole day, week, yeah. like the whole way you operate so yeah. i think now it's us recalibrating moving forward seeing yeah. like what that new normal is and yeah. how we adapt to it but for sure habits have had to adjust everything's had to change i mean like i don't think we'll ever go back to the same daily life yeah it'll be different it'll it's be- always gonna be different and it's always gonna be different like there's always gonna be people like the, like the, people always gonna have it in the back of their head that like you know, let's say a year from now or two years from now. Let's say let's say COVID goes away tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's, it's done. Um, there's always gonna be in the back of like people who lived through this for a year and a half, like in the back of our head, like that happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, that yeah. can happen again. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to be one of the first ones that was getting intubated when they didn't need to be intubated and died for no reason. Yep. 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 You know, like that's always gonna go through people's heads now. Mm-hmm. And and so like like that's gonna change the way this place operates for forever. The way our brewery operates, we, like we never wanted to distribute a beer in our life, and now we distribute way more than I want to. Yep. And you know, it's just because, people, you know, I don't blame them. Again, I told you how who I am. I, I I don't go a lot of places. We we do our best job to stay safe. I, f- I feel good in our brewery. Like we're spaced out, and like we've we've been very conservative about the way we come back and like bring people in, but. I don't blame people if they if they want to take beer to go, yep. instead of stick around. And the unfortunate thing is, like our model was built for people to sit at our brewery. Yeah. So it's been a quick shift, but a shift in like not that we weren't ever ready for. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that there will be whenever there's standards that social distancing isn't needed as much, or you know we feel like things have gotten to a point where that's okay. Like there's going to be a wave of people craving and wanting that again because then that's going to be new again yeah because it you know you you kind of 
everyone's kind of like adopted i feel like i've gotten a little bit more reclusive because yeah. of this in a way right no, me you're too. like well i'm gonna i can't go out so then i'm gonna stay in and i'm gonna yeah. save money and i'm gonna not yeah. do things and so you build that habit and now when like hey it's safe to come out yeah. whatever that is like do i want to do you want to or how what's that process gonna be like but i do think there's gonna be a gradual yeah. shift of people that yeah. are gonna at some point you're like, oh, this is not too bad or i found a medium now yeah. I know. <laughs> that's a good point though like yeah. i mean we like we're like we're spending way too much time in our house we got a five-year-old and two-year-old, mm-hmm. and like during the middle of summer, we can't go outside. It's too hot. Yeah. Just like, and and so like we're stuck in the house all day. Yeah. So we're putting in a pool. I tore up my side yard and put a pizza oven. So that's why I come here and steal pizza dough all the time. <laughs> and I'm too lazy to do it myself. But you know, inside the house, like we're spending a lot of time in here now. So like there was a bunch of stuff that we always thought like let's let's get a couch here or do this here, and we just never wanted to spend the money or time on it. But now our house is like so comfy because it's like we did the stuff we want because we're here all day. Yep. Let's be comfortable here. Yep. So, I mean, I, you're probably right. I mean, there's like people are going to settle in. To, like now I've got raised beds all over my backyard. We're growing a bunch of food. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there might be like the whole thing of it might not happen. It might be more of like going back to people going over each other's houses instead of meeting in these social gathering yeah. spots yeah. or having a mix of that. So I think that that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um but before we jump, because we're definitely going to talk a little bit more about like the lessons learned from last year specifically, but about the artwork, like, yeah, yeah, I always like touching upon the collaboration side of it. Like, yeah. are there like dedicated artists that you There's work one guy. with? One guy only. One guy. Got it. Yeah, and he's in Singapore. Cool. Um, I I scrolled through Instagram and saw a piece of his work, and I was like, this is the guy I want to work with. Yeah. And he said yes. And what's incredible is like. You know, he speaks well enough English that we obviously can communicate and get mm-hmm. stuff done. This image, he actually drew it with me in mind, like without me even thinking about it. And I was like, that's exactly what I was thinking about for the next concept. Wow. And bef- like he posted on Instagram because he was he, he told me I was like seeing like if you'd say something. And like I within minutes I was like, I'm buying that for the for the can. That's exactly what I was thinking about. And he's like, I drew this for you. Like Wow. So we've kind of come in sync, you know? That's cool. Um, but it was like that from day one almost. Like I would tell him, this is my concept, this is my idea, I want this here. And there's only been like one or two pieces that we just kind of scrapped the idea because we couldn't we couldn't come to terms on how it should look. Yep. Everything else has been like first draft. He just gets it. Wow. So it's been awesome. I mean, Artifact's completely done for us out of my head. The other beer over there, A Guiding Force, is completely done by concept I sent him. And like I said, this one he drew with us in mind. But like artifact, I was telling you, it's like a time. Uh, artifact's like an object that tells a story of a time and a place. It's like a terroir type of thing for wine. Mm-hmm. So we put the totem pole, which is kind of symbolic of like you know, you know, ancestral stuff and everything. <clears throat> and uh, so we got our owl on the top. The moose right underneath it um, was my dog that had recently kind of died, okay. and his name was Moose. Got it. So I put a moose on the totem pole. So I'm telling you, like it's like stuff that's like super close to me. Yeah, is what you see on these things. So mm-hmm. um, that's our house beer, and it's like he's always going to be there. Yeah. Um, um, and you know, he he got it. Like that was like draft one. Wow. And it's just like, yeah, color it and send it to me. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. We get each other. I don't know. I, I'm really lucky. I'm really lucky. That's cool. And 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 like, there is challenges. Like it's nice to have like a guy here in Miami. That if I need to, or I say guy, but you know, interchangeable. I know today, yes, very clear about that. <laughs> of um, a person, 
yeah. you're in Miami that like you know if you need something in a pinch you just call them and like it's just quick or you can run over to their office and be like hey can you just you know draw this up real quick for me or whatever yep. I don't have that sometimes it takes a little bit back and forth and then like if I need to make an edit you know the hours are different it's all through WhatsApp and then all this stuff but I mean like God rest his like God, th- God thank you for him I, I was going to say something completely different but God thank you for him <laughs> uh, I was thinking looking at Moose yeah, God yeah, rest yeah, his soul yeah. um, thank you for our artist because awesome, he's just he's just awesome we're so lucky to have found him like oh, man. You better listen to this. <laughs> um, shifting gears back to, you know, the lessons learned. You know, 2020 has, has like its own chapter, I guess, in life. But maybe since you started the brewery till last year, you know, what are some of the lessons that you've learned that you could, you wish you could have told yourself at the beginning? <laughs> I wish I were to listen to my friends that said go bigger from the start. Mm-hmm. We started very small. <clears throat> and the purpose was to like, feed a tasting room and force the tasting room force the attendance in the tasting room to make us grow I'd heard too many stories about people like overextending themselves taking out too much debt and sinking because they couldn't pay debt so we wanted to stay tight and small and tasting room focused obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Yep. when you're canning beer you make nothing on the beer so unless you're in volume and I never get volume that's been the biggest challenge for us is like people are buying the cans I can just and you know and distributing the cans I can distribute the cans people want them places but I make no money nothing Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's it's like it's a very little amount yeah you got to make your money on volume at that point and we don't have volume so I wish we would have listened some of them who said you need a bigger system. You need a couple more tanks. But again, that's like, if COVID never happened, I would have been saying we did the perfect thing. I get you. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean that's that. Those are the the factors that you cannot account for, and I think if it's still founded in you know sound you know tactics and and kind of strategies based on what you saw in the market, you can't really go back on it, and you're still afloat, so you're you're still good enough to be able to adapt through it. Thank God, people have connected to our brand. I think yeah. right when we opened, like all these articles, like right when we were opening, all these articles come out of these publications, where like magazines were basically saying the perfect go forward model, and they would write this thing, and it was us. And so, like, I sent it to my wife, like, look, we hit the nail on the head, yeah. and then COVID hits. And we're like, the nail just went right through our foot. It happened to me the other day. Yeah. Sucks. Nail on the foot. Uh, but uh, yeah, that sucked. And it was funny because like we've seen tripping animals just blow up this year. And they're super talented guys, super smart guys. Um, their branding is again, it's like them. You know, it's them when you see it. Um, but before I opened, like Ignacio and I were talking, he's like. You know, in his voice, bro, you know, <laughs> he's like, I wish I would have done something smaller like you. It's more manageable, a tasting room. It's, it's, that's where the margins are at. We don't have to be so stressed about like produce, 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 Distro. produce, produce. Yeah. And COVID hits. And I was like, you still wish? He's like, no, we're good now. Yeah, like, Thank yeah. God. Like we were a little bit more ready for this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those guys are, those guys are killing it. But yeah. like, thankfully, like they, you know. Their sort, of, his sort of anxiety about having 
too much for a tasting room model played into his favor now, which is great. Yeah, I guess it's being adaptable, right? To be able to like move forward and have be able to kind of like switch gears or at least adapt to the situation. Yeah, I'm proud of ourselves for that. I mean, we we don't have this, we don't have all, this, all the, our employees still and everything. Like we've taken hit major hits, but. Yeah, like I, I, I am proud of us for like uh, having to make some tough decisions and to keep the brewery uh, alive, you know. And hopefully, you know, whether it's twenty one or twenty two or whatever, we can get back to rehiring and keeping our staff up and taking some of the responsibility off of my wife and I. Yeah, <laughs> be great. Yep. Are there any exciting plans that you have for this year, or any milestones you're looking forward to? We're looking at our own canning line, which will be huge cut a lot of cost off of our production of our packaging I want to get more tanks I want to get more tanks um, like we have demand for the beer and I want to meet it um, we're going to play a little bit more you know within our sort of philosophy that we live in with our beer styles we, we just released a beer last weekend that like people loved and it flew um, that was like a blend of a two-year-old sour beer with an IPA and it was like hyper-fruited nice. and people like destroyed the keg. It was gone like, like that. Good. So we're going to do more stuff like we're going to start thinking about, you know, we're brewing and blending. So how do we make, how do we make that blending work more for us? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to create the space again. Like you were saying, like disconnecting, I'm trying to like look at this less. Mm-hmm. But every time I, every time I see that weekly summary, it goes, you were down 7% or whatever. I'm like. <laughs> like, like I want to give myself room to think again yeah which we haven't had because it's just been like COVID what the hell are we doing mm-hmm. let's do that and that means I'm you know I'm sitting at the brewery for nine hours a day by myself trying to sell a hundred dollars worth of cans yep that we don't have like yeah. you know oh I mean I'm, I'm throwing like get those bottles I'm like I'm using my home brewing bottling gun to bottle beer yeah like what, however I can get beer into a package yeah uh, to now, like we're finally settling into another rhythm again. We got like great staff that takes care of like takes care of stuff. But I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to create some space to be creative again. And I think 21, like I'm really focusing on that. I guess we already touched upon some of it, but are there any tips you would have for anyone aspiring to get into this industry? Yeah, <laughs> make sure you want it. Yeah, like it's really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I get people sending me like business plans and stuff all the time, and this is no longer open a brewery and people say yay and they go drink. The first question I always ask people back is who are you? Mm-hmm. And they're well, I'm a home brewer and this and this and that. It's like, no, 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 no. Like nobody cares about that. Yep. Like nobody cares about that. Yep. Like who are you? That's something I learned, like not necessarily learn it, but I, I watch Falco and he's, I, I've learned a lot from Falco. I'm not saying I haven't learned a lot from Falco. But this, this we sort of always saw eye to eye on. I think we connected about this. Mm-hmm. Like we were always super passionate about this is like what this place is yep. and we're going to live and die by that. Falco's always been that. If you don't do that, you're shot, you're, you're dead from day one. So like, if you're going to jump into this, figure out who you are, like what sets you apart. Um, not that you won 30 medals at homebrewing competitions. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. I didn't enter a homebrewing competition. I don't care about competitions. I don't, I don't even, I don't even brew beer to style. Mm-hmm. Like we make up names for stuff. We're like, oh, dark lager. Like, okay. what the hell is that? You know, 
we go in and we say, this is, this is the flavor profile. This is the thing I'm trying to achieve. Put something together. You know, we put India Pale Ale on it because it's a hoppy beer and whatever. But, you know, they, those are IPA. But, like, we never think, like, let me, let me, you know, this beer would win a gold medal yeah. for me. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. So, like, nobody cares about your medals. Figure out who you are and give people something to connect to. And then do that really well. Make sure you're having something outside of your beer, outside of the beer, that tells people, like, this is my happy place. Yep. Like Lincoln's. Are there any kind of areas that you're exploring outside of the brewery, whether it's just personal, like as a hobby, or maybe a potential new project that you're Always. looking at? <laughs> Always. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I want to get back into music again. I started to like do a little ambient music on a piano. Nice. Um, and I actually don't hate it. I usually hate everything I do. It actually sounds really cool. Um, my, I don't know. My big passions are like my kids. Um, so figuring out how to spend as much time with them as possible. Um, like music. So I collect records. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like if I have time that's not dedicated to something with the brewery, I'm usually listening to or finding a record that I want on, you know, um, and then growing food. Like I'm trying to become, like I'm trying to become as much of a hippie as I can (laughs) as a, like a, as like a, as like a libertarian can be. (laughs) That makes any sense. You know, like I'm growing food. I'm not buying water bottles. (laughs) If I do their glass and I reuse them several times and I recycle them now. That's awesome. I'm trying to become like, you know, more conscious about things i think one of the biggest forces that has like filled a gap during the pandemic has been nostalgia and obviously that's different for different people but yeah i've seen just like people going back to things that they did when comfort. they were younger yeah that comfort that, that you know they were kind of like since things are thrown out like what what can i latch on to that yeah. i find comforting so yeah like collectibles for me i definitely started looking yeah. into like comics and and, yeah. and cards and those kinds of things yeah my wife wants to kill me sometimes because yeah. it's like another record shows up at the house. She's like, <laughs> and it's like, you know, I, I sort of, I, you know, it's sort of, again, it's going back to the adrenaline hit. Like, I really want this on vinyl because it's going to sound so much better than on my iPhone. Yeah. And, and uh, I found it. It was 10, 10 or 15 bucks. Some guy didn't know what he had yep. or whatever, you know, maybe they did and it was just worth 10 bucks, but I really wanted it. Yep. So I buy it and that little pop of pressing buy and then that's one. And then the second one is when it's on the doorstep. The third one is when I clean it and it looks shiny with no scratches. <laughs> and the fourth one is when I play it and there's no groove damage and I can hear it. And I can hear like the drummer saying something to the bass player. And it's like, yeah, that's like my, that's like my zen zone. Nice. And I've just been building on that. My wife's going to kill me. But, yeah. Hey, I'm going to die happy. Yeah. When she kills me, I'm going to die happy. <laughs> and I'm going to put my will, bury me with all these records that you killed me for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess that pretty much wraps it up i don't know if there's anything else like you know anything that you've been listening to maybe you want to throw out there for people to listen to or books you've been reading or shows you've been watching yeah it's an interesting question a lot of great new jazz music and a lot of great new psychedelic rock music that people should check out mm-hmm. like king gizzard and the lizard wizard okay you never heard of them no nope. check them out <laughs> they're so prolific like them and the ocs two of my favorite bands in the world but King Gizzard releases like multiple albums a year. 
They're another inspiration to Vine. I, would, I was going to say that earlier, and I forgot to. Because, like, they are just on the constant pursuit of what, like, what sound is next yep. for them. It's always, you can always tell it's them, but it's completely different. They'll go, like, a like a jazz rock album type of thing into, like, a, you know, like a thrash metal from nice. one album to the next. Wow. But you know it's them. That's kind of what we want. Like, uh, so them, there's a bunch of new jazz guys out there, like James Brandon Lewis. Check him out. Seriously. I'm trying to read more. <laughs> I don't have time. <laughs> I wish I did. Yeah. I try. I, I kind of, like, pick it up a couple times a week. I try and set aside, like, 15 minutes a day. Yeah. But sometimes it's better to just do it in a sitting and whenever you're feeling in that flow. So I just kind of go with the flow. That's what it is. Usually when I get in the flow, my son's, like, begging me to play Nintendo with him. And then I end up having to, like, kill the flow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where where can people follow you at? You know, whether it's the brewery Unseen or Creatures. Something. Everything is... I think it's all Unseen Creatures. I hope. Yeah. That's what I got yelled about by yelled at about by my manager when we first started. Alex, he's like, your social media, like, yeah, the pictures are kind of cool, but like, you're all over the place. You don't know what the hell you're doing. It's like, yeah, I don't. Duh. <laughs> That's obvious. So he like he changed all the handles to say unseen creatures. It's like, why is it unseen creatures brew? It's like, yeah, I don't know why it is. Why did I do that? Yeah. It makes no sense. But unseen creatures. That's a long explanation. Yeah. Where you can follow me. <laughs> Cool. No, that's it. That's it for me, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you. You guys are killing it yes. with this. Appreciate it. Like this is fun. Yeah. And uh, you know, I asked to be on this, <laughs> so you know, let's make that clear. <laughs> let's make that clear. I was not sought after. I was seeking. Like, I, I liked what you were doing. I didn't even others. thought about it because like, I try and pick from different, you know, areas yeah. and different industries so that we can keep yeah. it. But I definitely had you on my radar. I definitely have Ignacio on my radar. Yeah. So I think all the you know yeah. people that are doing really cool yeah. stuff down here I think are worth bringing Thank you. on. Thank you. Yeah. You're doing cool stuff, and that's why I wanted to be a part of it. I appreciate so it. So now I'm in the, <laughs> in the history books. What number am I? <laughs> I think this would be 12. 12? I'm not even in the top 10? Yeah. First 10? I'm not in the first 10? <laughs> yeah. I think it's like 12. I think we're at 12. Who's before me? Falco? Falco's right before you. Okay. Um, it better be cool. Aziz, which is like, he does like 3D renderings in a for that's, architecture. That's pretty cool. That's much yeah. cooler than me. <laughs> I don't mean to extend you, but uh, yeah. I have a question now. Go for it. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're more in touch with it than I am because I'm so buried into my own thing. Uh, but like Miami's really, like there's a lot of really creative, cool people coming around. Like, it's changing, right? Yeah. I think it's it's been changing. The issue is that there's never like a central place to go. Like where are all the cool people doing things? You yeah, know? yeah. You have yeah. to kind of like find these little pockets, yeah. whether, yeah. you know, you're going to like these open mics or you're going to these little yeah. events that are hosted, yeah. you know, so there's like a lot yeah. of, of different little pockets, but there's just, it's, you got to find it. But yes, yeah. I agree. There's from an arts and culture scene, from a food and beverage scene. Yeah. Like there's just like a lot when of was getting, Winwood's getting destroyed, right? Like it's yeah. becoming not Winwood. Yeah, no. Right? I think it's becoming a, a brick wall with painted walls. Yeah. In the sense, yeah, yeah. like it's just big, big boxes and a lot of like high fashion, high. Yeah, it's too expensive for people. No, once the real estate boom happened there and people just kept buying out for exorbitant prices, like I think that you start losing a little bit of it. The only thing is that it was built on the arts, so artists will always get paid yeah, yeah, yeah. there. So like there'll be some culture and yeah, art in there, but yeah. it's going to be. Amongst the big yeah. ones, amongst like the big. Where do you box. think? Like, I, I think our area, like where Falco and I are. I are think coming good. out west and, and other, uh, you know, 
I've even heard and I haven't been hanging out a lot in Homestead, but there's like a lot of places that now since there's yeah. hubs that are untapped where people it's more residential, yeah. but there's opportunities to obviously yeah. bring yeah. entertainment and, and, and like yeah. you know new things to do. Yeah, that you don't always don't have, have to go to, drive to the city. Yeah, forty five minutes an hour to get somewhere. Exactly. So it's I awesome. think that that's going to be the next wave of Miami. It's like finding those pockets that are aren't as popular. Yeah, and and they're going to become little hubs. Like yeah. even Hialeah has a little sector where yeah, branded yeah. is, you know. And yeah. So like there's that could be built into something yeah, yeah. as well. All right, appreciate it, man. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs>